You know, the, the first year that I became a top 500 agent, I, I worked my butt off. I was literally like in the zone, constantly selling and working and really putting a lot of other things on the back burner for my life. And I remember the morning that I found out that I'd made the top 500 and I had another closing that was gonna happen before the cutoff. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, I made it, this is awesome. But like there was this thing inside me that was like, missed out on a lot in order to get this, which is fine. But like, where's the balance? And how does your balance sit, right? When is a good time to buy a house? Today, I got to sit down with my friend, Anna, who's a realtor, and she's awesome. She is a superstar in the real estate world. Everything that she does is great. Her clients love her. All they can say is the best things about her. We dive deep a little bit into real estate, talking a little about about rugby, and that's kind of a talking point that how we connected when we first met, and we will dive deep into her story and her conversation. Dive in with us. This is The Inward Mind. Welcome to The Inward Mind. This is Billy M. Ward here, and I have my friend Anna. She's awesome. She's a realtor, and we're just going to dive deep into a conversation about her story and her life and what she's doing. So, Anna, you've been a realtor for how long? So, almost exactly eight years. I got into um, real estate here in Utah Literally eight years ago, almost to the day, probably. I guess I'd have to look that up to be sure. But I remember it being kind of around Valentine's Day when I passed my test eight years ago. But I started in real estate in 1999, almost this same time of year here in Utah. I was working for a mortgage company and um, decided I didn't really love that um, part of the industry, but it led me to... it propelled me to go back to college and finish my degree in marketing. And when I finished that degree, my brother asked me to come back to Washington, where I'm from, and help him start a mortgage company. So I did that until I had kids. And when I had kids, my husband and I had rental properties and just kind of did our own thing in real estate. And then we moved to Utah 10 years ago. And then I got on, got into real estate on this side Eight years ago. What, what caused you to make the decision to go from the mortgage side to being your own agent? So what I did for the mortgage side was I was out knocking doors of agents, trying to get them to send us their business. And I just really liked the agents. And I actually had a brokerage try to recruit me to become an agent. And I think, I think the fit was just better and they knew that, but I was kind of young and didn't see that myself. So when I decided to become a real estate agent, I it was it was almost just like the universe kind of put everything in my path to put me on the right path. So yeah. Yeah, just okay. just trying to make the, just trying to make that connection and see yeah. where that where that went uh, went from, but uh, yeah. yeah, that I I've done some video work for you and I've talked to some of your clients and things like that. Yeah. What, and they love you. Every client that I've talked to that's worked with you and actually mm. also other agents like, Oh, Anna's great. I'd love to work with her. I'd recommend her to everybody. What separates you and what things have you done to help you, yourself stand out as an agent, especially in like, I know that times have changed a little bit in the real estate, uh, in real estate as a whole, but what makes you stand out compared to other agents? What have you done? Well, I, I think I, I approach my business just by being myself. Um, 
when I became an agent, I had all of these like little things that were happening that were leading me to realize I needed to become a real estate agent. We had just moved here and I had like two friends and both of these friends worked for a realtor and they both came to me like within a couple days of each other and said, Hey, the lady that I work for is hiring. Are you looking for a job? I know you just moved here. And I was like, not really, but I mean, if two people ask me if I'm looking for a job and it's the same job, I should check it out. Right. Yeah. So I go to the interview and she had me take the infamous Tony Robbins disc test before mm-hmm. I went. And I go into the interview and it goes great. And then she opens my disc test and she's like, wow, you're really great, but like you're the wrong personality for this job because what she wanted me for was like all the paperwork, all mm-hmm. of the office work. And she's like, you would be a great agent though. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, where do I go from here? Right. And she goes, so let me know if you ever become an agent. Like, bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) And the funny thing is, is I was with my best friend in the car when she called me. My best friend could hear the conversation and that we hang up and I'm like annoyed because I've never not gotten a job that I, you know, I was like, I didn't want this job, but I interviewed and I should have got this job. And my friend goes, she's right, you know. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So fast forward like a year later, I have more friends and a few of them are real estate agents. And I'm like, this is kind of weird. Like these, all these people who I know here are real estate agents. What's happening? Like my neighbor was a real estate agent. Two of my good friends were a real estate agent. Some guy around the corner was a real estate agent. I was like, what's happening? Like it's very saturated where I was living. Yeah. And, um, one of those friends who was an agent, I ran into her one night and I was like, Hey, I was just at the movies and I'm, I just bought a ticket to go see the Martian tonight by myself. Cause I really want to see it. Do you want to go with me? And she's like, heck yeah. So she buys a ticket. We end up going and on the way home, we're just talking about her business and what she does. And she's like, it's so awesome. Being a real estate agent is so great. And she's just like selling me. And I just had this like tingling feeling. I don't know what else to call it, but just like this knowing that I was supposed to do with that. So the next day I wake up and my husband had come home early because, um, he traveled for work and he had like the opportunity to just like come home and be work from home for the afternoon. So that's what he was doing. And he's like, Hey, let's go to lunch. So we go to lunch and while we're at lunch, I'm like, Oh man, I really should, I need to tell him like, what's what I'm thinking and how do I say this? And, um, it's always been his dream to flip houses, which he does now. But at this time, eight years ago, he didn't. Um, I say, you know, I've been thinking about becoming a realtor because when you start flipping houses, then you're going to need a realtor. And he's like, yeah, that's a good idea. So I literally go home and I log on and start my classes after lunch. And literally the most, the maximum amount of time you could be online was eight hours a day. And I did it every single day. We went to Disneyland. I still got in my eight hours. I was like, I am determined. So as soon as I could, I was done with the classes and signed up for the test. And I was on my way. That's awesome. That's It shows the determination of actually aiming towards a goal and actually realizing what, when things are placed in your lap, a lot of people just kind of like squander opportunities. Like, oh, cool. Yeah, I, I see that I could potentially do this. And that's really, that's really cool that you took that opportunity and had the tenacity to go after it every single day. So when it comes to the real estate industry, 
How have you seen like Matt, like I know everyone always talking about the massive shifts in interest rates and things like that over the last couple of years. Is it still a good time to buy a house? I get, I hear people talking about that all of the time. I know interest rates are high, but in, historically they're lower than they were 40 years ago and yeah. things like that. Like what, what is your opinion about that? Like as, a, as the real estate market sits currently? Well, there's this pretty famous quote that I like to say that it's always the right time to buy the right real estate. So I think that there's um, kind of what I like to like refer to as the hive mind, where everybody's thinking the same way, right? And so for a time, everybody was thinking it's time to buy real estate because rates are low, right? And then when that hive mind shifts and people say rates are high, nobody wants to be buying real estate. But the reality is, is that when the buyers are scarce, the sellers are motivated, Right. And so if you are a buyer, you're thinking about becoming a buyer, when is the best time for you to buy? Well, when sellers are nervous, right? So if you wait until rates go down and then you go to buy, all the buyers are going to be buying and the sellers are not going to be nervous. They're not going to be willing to give you money for your down payment, for your closing costs, for fixing things. There's, there's not going to be any deals to be had. So I like to look at it like, what opportunity are you looking for? Are you looking for an opportunity to get a deal on real estate? Or are you looking to just be like everyone else and buy when everyone else is buying? Which is fine too. Mm -hmm. Like, sure, I'll represent you when rates go back down. But I'm, I'd love to help you get a deal right now. Yeah. Because that makes me feel happy. Ultimately, I look at your real estate like it's mine. Yeah, I'd like to buy it when it's on sale, you know? So it's all about mindset, I guess. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's I've never really thought about it like that because I'm always that's all like that hive mind is what rules everything. It's was like nobody should buy right now. Interest rates are so high. All of these other things, and I'm just like, well, I'm I'm not I'm not in the space to buy a home yet. But when I am ready, it's like I, I'm gonna always consult the people that are around me that are the people who are the experts in the industry too. And in this last eight years, how have because you have were top five hundred realtor um, was a, a couple years ago mm -hmm. in Utah. How has that, has that changed any of your perspective on how you continue to work or are you always continuing to strive to do your best in everything that you're doing? Well, I like to be someone who is continuing to get better at everything that I do. And my real estate's no exception to that. So yeah, I, I guess, you know, the, the first year that I became a top 500 agent, I, I worked my butt off. I was literally like in the zone, constantly selling and working and really putting a lot of other things on the back burner for my life. And I remember the morning that I found out that I'd made the top 500 and I had another closing that was going to happen before the cutoff. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this, it? I made it. This is awesome. But like there was this thing inside me that was like, you missed out on a lot in order to get this which is fine, but like, where's the balance? And how does your balance sit, right? So is working really weighing your balance or do you feel balanced because that's what makes you happy? And so I realized that I had been giving up a lot of my time with my family and my friends and my hobbies and things that I loved in order to balance this. Like I missed one of my son's wrestling matches because I was out showing a house. Like I literally left the tournament to go show a house and then came back and I missed his match. And I was like, 
that's not a good trade-off. Like I'm out of balance. And so it made me consider all of my processes and all of the, the, the jobs that I do and all the hats that I wear and decide there were some that I needed to give up so that I could have more of a life and not miss my son's matches, right? Not miss their games or anything else that was going on in my life, not miss family dinners. And it, it, it really was cool because it caused me to reflect and realize that actually I'm capable of both, but I just wasn't putting in the effort to be great at both. So that was, that was cool. Yeah, that's a, that's a cool realization. And when it comes to your, your family, what is now, since you're now in year eight, what has now become the priority? How do you find that balance, right? Like, do you, do you schedule the specific time that you you know that your kids rugby games or things are in advance? Do you schedule out that time or do you just make sure that like your family's what's, where does the priority level go for you? Yeah, that is exactly what I do. I, my priority, my schedule is my family first. So they take up all the slots and then I fill my work in around that. And what's magic is it actually works just fine. Mm-hmm. You know, there are times when I'm not able to be home to make dinner, but I just tell my boys, hey, go pick up dinner, pick me up some too. And then when I get home, we'll have dinner. Yeah. You can make it work if you're prioritizing it right. That's awesome. I, yeah. I love that. I'm still starting trying to learn that balance. I have three kids, three daughters, and finding that balance now, because running is basically you're running your own business, right? Like you yeah. work and then you get as much as you put the effort in to get there. And I'm still still trying to figure out that balance and working on it, but I'm glad, like, so I'm always asking those questions, like, how do you how do you fit that in? And how do you get those your families to work within that? Um, we're going to transition a little bit. You and I, when we first met, we connected over rugby. That's right. And you love rugby. You've gone to, we've gone to Warriors games, seen you live, giving you tickets to places yes. for some of the stuff. What made you start liking rugby? Because I, I, I don't remember our full conversation about did you play rugby or did, was it just something that you got into? How did your interest in rugby start? Yeah. So I mentioned when I first got into this industry on the mortgage side, I was working at a mortgage company. And um, my girlfriend, who got me that job because she worked there, um, her roommate played rugby. And so when I moved here and I was introduced to my friend's roommate, my friend's roommate was like, hey, I play rugby. Do you want to join my team? So yeah, I played rugby in college here at the U and just fell in love. I love the culture of rugby and I love how rugby doesn't stop moving. People ask me, I mean, my son's been playing football forever. He yeah. wrestles, he plays rugby too. Both my sons do. And people ask me, which is your favorite sport to watch? And I'm like, rugby. Like, have you ever, (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs) Have you ever had a pause in rugby where you're like, oh, now we're waiting for the next play? No, Mm -hmm. it's ongoing. It's just always exciting. Yeah, that I love. I love rugby, and we've had conversations because both her sons play for Harriman Rugby, which yes. I helped start almost uh, ten years ago. Which That's is crazy. crazy, crazy that that was ten years ago. Um, one of my favorite things that has come from rugby too, and I still work with the Warriors, and I did stuff with them. I was doing some of their media day stuff yesterday. Is I just love the culture. Is it when it comes to sports? Like I've been around wrestling, football, basketball, all these sports my whole life, and I was introduced to rugby in high school, uh, my junior year of high school, and I was like, well. This, this is crazy. I've never played a sport like this. I don't know if it could go anywhere, but the culture surrounding rugby, I feel like, is different than any sport. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes it such a beautiful, beautiful thing is we get to see all of these guys and girls 
beat the crap out of each other physically. Mm -hmm. Like they're running into each other. Like, wow, you're playing football without pads. And then afterwards, everyone's like, oh yeah, this is great. It was good to play with you. Everyone's friends. And it's like, I've never played a sport where that was like a, Uh, the camaraderie is a thing so when it comes to the camaraderie of rugby as a whole when when your boys are playing for it what is a a, a point that stands out for like Harriman rugby specifically that makes them different than any other rugby program because I'm an alum so I'm kind of biased but I still think they're one of the best programs in the nation so what so what do you what do you think makes them stand out um when it comes to rugby as a whole Well, um, Coach Wilson definitely has um, a very strict policy with um, the the way that the boys maintain their integrity. You know, he makes them be on time and show up to practice, and they all wear their practice uniforms to practice. He's just really teaching them really good life values, right? To value yourself, to value your team, and to value the the time that you and your team are all giving to each other to learn and grow. But um, all of that for sure. But um, when my youngest son started rugby in seventh grade, um, it was life-changing for him. Really, it was. It makes me get teary because those coaches – they give their all to those boys. And my son knew that he was valued and he was loved, and it changed his life. It literally changed his trajectory. And one coach in particular, Coach Seidel, has taken him under his wing and just treated him like a son, and it has literally made my son's confidence go through the roof. And now I see him bringing in other boys into rugby and recruiting And making them all feel like they matter and like they're part of something. And not every boy on the team. I mean, they have nine tens, I think, has 50 players this year. Something crazy. That's crazy. It's so many. And not every boy is going to get a lot of playing time. And some of them might not get hardly any at all. But every boy knows that they matter. And they're all equal. They're brothers. That's something that I I am yet to find another sport that brings that culture into reality. Yeah. It's rugby special. And I'm glad that I got to be a part of it, even for a little while. Um, I get a, I get to be a part of it still with the Utah Warriors, and I'm happy that Harriman is continuing because it's nice to see 10 years later that the culture is still sustaining for when where it started. Uh, when, when this all got started with uh, Coach Wilson and Derek and Mike Smith and Larry and all these other guys that yeah. still are involved in places, it just kind of, it's nice to see that that, that is continuing on. It's, it's kind of special. It's kind of makes it me, is. it makes me feel that all that work that we've done in the past was worth it, right? That it continues to build something that helps change young men's lives for the better in the long term. And Rugby is, I think, the best sport. I, if any, if my kids are playing any sport, it's going to be rugby. I have three daughters, and I'm down for them to play rugby, too. That doesn't... Well, doesn't you really... know, the girls' team at, at Harriman is back. Yes, so. I just heard that. I heard that a little while ago. So yeah. that's that's awesome to see that the girls are back, too. So it is it is one of those sports that's special, and it's a really, really good experience for any anybody who wants to get put their kid in a sport. It may seem scary, but from the dude who's had played football his whole life and, I had, and rugby, I played 
a lot more football, but I got way more concussions in football than I ever did in rugby. Yes, for rugby sure. makes like football pads make you feel like you're invincible with your armor on, mm-hmm. and then rugby actually helps you learn the limits of your body. So, recommend rugby highly to anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to kind of circling back, um, I, I follow you on social media, we're friends and stuff, and I saw that you do a lot of like cold plunges, ice baths. Mm-hmm. What what caused you to start doing that? Because I know for me, I just needed to do something insanely hard because yeah. I need to push my brain to help control myself better and to know the limits of what I can do and what I can't do. That's why I started doing cold plunges. What, did, what was your motivation of starting cold plunges? Um, so my first experience with cold plunging was uh, a long time ago. I was actually living in Moscow, Russia, and I went to one of their... Um, they're called their bathhouses, I guess, where that's exactly what we did. It was a sauna and then a cold plunge, right? Back and forth, back yeah. and forth. And I just thought it was really amazing the way I felt when I left. It was almost like you're so relaxed, but you're like, I feel like I just ran a marathon. And I don't know mm-hmm. how to explain that. But there's a lot of dopamine that's released, yeah. you know, when you're putting your body through something so extreme. So... um, you know, I've struggled with different things with my health. Just, I just want to feel good. And so I've tried lots of things and eliminating things and adding things. And there's um, a place down in Orem called The Plunge. Mm-hmm. And I started going to The Plunge, and it, that's exactly what it is. It's a sauna and an ice bath, and I just got addicted. And um, my husband had the idea to just bring in, like, one of those horse troughs and fill it with water and so last winter, I would go out with my sledgehammer and open up the ice. <laughs> yeah, break it open. <laughs> and yeah. get in. And I just got addicted to it. I, I don't know what else to say except that it just makes me feel great. I have, from rugby and other sports that I played, I'd have some injuries that still yeah. plague me. But if I'm cold plunging every day, I don't feel those. That's awesome. Yeah. I, so it's, it's a, it's cold plunging is fun. I have to figure out my next year better because mine keeps freezing over and I can't get in. Like I keep I sledgehammering it and it won't break. So I know figure that out. It's so annoying. So yeah. I actually bought last year, I bought a little heater off of Amazon that you can plug in and put it in. And within like an hour or so it's, it breaks up the ice a little bit. Cool. So I would recommend that. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. That's yeah. that's a good idea because I, I just yeah. can't get to the point when there's like a foot of ice on top and I'm trying to break it. And it's like, because I, I typically work out early in the morning. I get up yeah. at like six in the morning to go work out. And I have a, my parents-in-law have a gym at their at their house. So I basically have my cold plunge there. And so I'll go cold plunge and go to the, go work out. You cold plunge first and yeah. work out. Yeah. Because if you, if you do the reverse, it actually lessens your muscle growth. I, I'm, yeah. I did a lot of studying. You're like, what, what's the best way to do this? But the last few times I tried to go in there, I can't because it was frozen. Now, I have to check. I didn't check yeah. today, but it was still pretty frozen last week. And I was like, well, I know. we'll have to, have to go from there. Um, last year when we got all that snow, I would get in and it would be so full of snow. I almost couldn't get down in it because it was just like packed. slush. Yeah. So I was like <laughs> <laughs> trying to like wiggle my way in. But this year's been way better. Yeah. I also, I ended up getting a freezer this year. So like one of those. Oh, the closest. Chest freezers. So it maintains the temperature. Oh, cool. And then you put the lid on and it doesn't freeze over. That's smart. So it's good. But. That's what I, I got to keep. I got to keep learning and getting better with this because I, yeah. I like to do How it. How long do you do? I usually do anywhere from two to three minutes. Yeah. So it's my, when I me- measure the temperature of my water, I put, I 
wasn't smart with this. I put salt in the water. So I'm like, oh, maybe I can control the ice a little bit. Well, no, I lowered the freezing point. So yeah. to 29 degrees. So the time yeah. when I got in from there, I got out and I was like, what happened? Like yeah. I was, it was so cold to the point where I couldn't, I'm like, all right, I gotta take a break from this for the next couple of days. Cause it was, yes. it was too cold. Yes, um, that you, is hilarious. Yeah, I, I, my wife's like, you, you gonna cold plunge in front of me? I'm like, well, you got to get up early because I'm not just gonna do this on command. Because yeah. as much as I enjoy the benefits of it, it's one of those things mentally that it's like, I try to get in, and it, sometimes I'm sitting there for five minutes, like, okay, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna I hop know. in, and it's just like a mental struggle. It's like a battle between myself. I'm like, I'm not just gonna do it on command. So if you want to come join me, you can come take a look, yes. and. We'll, we'll hop, you can watch me hop in and I know it's freezing cold, but I'm not just going to do it when, yeah. when anybody wants me to, cause I already have such a hard time doing it myself. Totally. Yeah. So I do for five minutes Wow. because after you get past three, it's comfortable. Yeah. Yes. So, and I get in and, and I start out with like my Wim Hof breathing. And then yeah. after about 30 seconds, when I feel like I'm not going to die, <laughs> yes. then I go into like my gratitude mm -hmm. where like my mind is just going through all my gratitude. And yeah. then after three minutes, I feel comfortable and I'm like kind of chilling. Yes. Know? No, that going back to rugby, when I was at nationals, we had to do ice baths because there's so many oh, games yeah. back we to still back. do that at nationals. And yep. so we had to do so much of that. And I, I just always remember <laughs> that that was like one of my first experiences was in sports in high school of doing uh, like ice baths to mm -hmm. help with muscle recovery. And I could never get past like two to three minutes. I'm like, okay, got to get out of here. I'm, I feel like I'm going to get into yeah. hypothermia, which could potentially happen for some people, but if you know how to control your breathing, it should be yeah, okay. It should be fine. Um, you said Moscow and I'm curious, what did you, what, what led you into Moscow? That's kind of a whole story. Now I want to yeah. dive deep into. So, um, there's this program called the international language program and a lot of college kids know about it now, but mm -hmm. when I was in college, it was a really small program. Um, I just heard about it and it just sounded interesting. You go to one of the countries and one of the cities where they have these schools and you actually pay to go because you like pay your way yeah and then you at the time we lived with families i think now they have like dorms and stuff situations like that but but um we lived with families and then during the day we would teach kids english and then we'd have the rest of the evening and the weekends to ourselves and we would just like me and the other teachers we just kind of run around moscow and find stuff to do. And one day we were cool. like, let's go to the cold plunge place. That's how that all started. That's yeah. crazy. So you go in there and they're like, if you go to the plunge here, there's one in Saratoga. Now mm -hmm. there, there's a few of them around. I've been to almost all of them. There's actually one in Draper. That's pretty great too. But, um, you go and you're in a bathing suit and the, the saunas are smaller, but small groups or whatever. This is like massive saunas with like tons of people everyone is naked like it's all there's a men's side and a women's side yeah. so it's not like co-ed yeah but like all these like older russian women right <laughs> <laughs> and then we're all getting out of the sauna and going and plunging in the cold water together and it's just this like very interesting cultural experience yeah that's crazy yeah. like yeah americans are very i've had talked about this with one of my other friends like americans are very like we got our closed off boxes yes everything's got to be scheduled everything's got to be our way we're going to do it our yeah. individually but it's other cultures around the world are not like that they just yeah. want to be like cool we're doing sure. everything together it doesn't yes. matter we share everything and americans are weird 
So yeah, we are. Yeah, I I just love I love the fact. What was the coolest thing you since you got to go to Moscow? What was the coolest thing you saw in Moscow? Did you get to go like check out the Kremlin or any yep, of that stuff I've, too? I saw it all. Moscow's amazing. I traveled through a different few different places in Russia. But the coolest thing I saw in Russia actually was when we went to St. Petersburg. We went to the ballet and saw Swan Lake and it was like I actually went to Swan Lake this weekend it, in Salt Lake. Yeah. For Ballet West and it was great. But St. Petersburg, I mean something it else. It was incredible. I still cool. remember it. It was just the most beautiful hall. I mean, I I did almost get pickpocketed while I was in the lobby because that's just St. Petersburg for yeah. you. But it was amazing. So the culture in Moscow and St. Petersburg was just awesome. Yeah, I believe it. I've all, that's one of those places I've always wanted to go. Right now, probably hard to get to because all yeah, the stuff I'm going on in the world. Can't get in not, right now. not right now, but when things cool down in the world, I, I would love to go. There's a lot of couple places in Russia I want to go see, and yeah. hopefully some places in China I could go see at some point too because yeah. that's another spot that's kind of a they're they're hard to deal with and get to sometimes yeah. for some people. So, but Anna, I really want to thank you so much for hopping on the podcast and having a conversation with me and really appreciate you and thank you for all that you've done with Harriman Rugby and keeping that rolling and that program going too with all the support that you got and really appreciate you. This is the inward mind. Mm-hmm.